Hey friends, and welcome back to Doable Discipleship, a Saddleback Church podcast designed to help you deepen your faith, or as we just love to call it. It's the show that helps you grow. My name is Jason. This is Linda. We're on the spiritual growth team at Saddleback Church. And just a friendly reminder, like we like to do, this is a part of the Saddleback a family of podcasts. So make sure to uh, look at saddleback.com slash podcasts or just check out the show notes below and see the other um, fun-filled podcasts produced and offered by Saddleback Church. Today, we have a special guest with us, Megan Greider. Megan, how are you today? I'm so good. I'm so glad to be with you guys again. I love this. I love our conversations. We love it too. We had you on a couple of months ago to talk about the names of God, yes. which was great. And uh, today, we're talking about a... a a much uh, weightier, weighty. <laughs> sure. What do you mean? This is a lighthearted conversation, right? <laughs> right. It'll it'll be great. You're in for a treat here. We're talking about confession. Um, so it, it basically what we wanted to do is offer this up as just if if confession is something you've heard about and maybe something that you've uh, seen practiced in different ways. You're familiar with like a Catholic interpretation of confession. We just wanted to offer a resource, a, a conversation about confession uh, to kind of give you a, a little bit of understanding of, of how we think about that topic. So, Linda, why don't you start us out with what the Bible kind of says about it, and then we can uh, start our conversation here with Megan. Sure, I'd be happy to. So, first of all, in Psalm 32, verse 5, it says, Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. And then 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. James five sixteen. therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And then the last one I'll share is from Proverbs 28, 13. It says, whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. So the Bible has a lot to say about confessing both to God and to other people. So first of all, Megan, why is it so important to confess our sins to God? I mean, he knows them anyway, right? Yes. And that actually comes up a lot. Like why, if he is he's all knowing and he's all powerful. Right? Why do I even need to? And we should say it often comes up with a, well, if he's all powerful, yes. he, he must know. He must and know. And if so, then why should I? Yeah. Yes. Well, <laughs> and I think too, like, especially in the context of the James verse that you just read, you know, confession is really many times translated as agreeing with God. Mm. So we're not necessarily revealing something to God that he right. doesn't know. Right. We're agreeing with God about that particular sin or struggle. And I think what is important for us to know is that we he knows it. He wants us to know it. Because yeah. again, if we believe that knowing the truth sets us free, if mm -hmm. we're not living and abiding in the truth about ourselves mm -hmm. and about mm -hmm. our behavior, we, we won't experience freedom. So I, I look at confession as not just an opportunity for me to list all the things and then be forgiven, right? It's right. for me saying before God, these are things I've put before you. Mm. These, these are ways that I've tried to replace you. These are the things and the choices and the behaviors that I have chosen over you. And Lord, I, I want to agree with you that that's not the way you want me to live. Yeah. yeah. I love that agreeing with God about our sin, mm -hmm. because I think sometimes it's so easy to dismiss it or excuse it or 
diminish what it right. really, really is. Right. And I, I appreciate how you even elaborated that when we're doing those things, we're putting them ahead of him, ahead of what he has called us to. And when we get to that place, it makes it even more serious to ourselves. Like we're like, oh, I thought I was just doing this thing, but no, actually that's a choice against God. Exactly. Because really all sin is just misplaced worship. We're putting something mm. above God. And so when we have revelation of, Hey, I know I'm doing this, yeah. even if I don't want to stop what I'm confessing, I can still <laughs> confess and say, and I confess to you, Lord, I still want to do it. Will you remove mm. that from me? Yeah. Will you change me and transform me from the inside out? And I think too, you know, sin and confession, we, we use those words at the same time. And yeah. if there are people who grew up maybe not not in faith like I did, mm -hmm. sin was such a difficult word for me. Now I was mm. aware of sin, sure, because I, I I understood my <laughs> sin and I was not in the dark about that. But it can feel like oh, well, that's just all the bad, and I have mm. to tell God how bad I am, when really sin is just a revelation of of all the ways or the lies that I'm believing mm -hmm. that are creating in me a behavior that is distancing me from God. Because if our hope and confession is connection with God, attachment to him, abiding in him, right. then there is power in that. So again, we're not revealing something he doesn't know. Right. We're agreeing with him and also inviting him into those dark spaces and those spaces that we might be hiding or not even want to admit to ourselves. Yeah, that's mm. strong. That's good. So can you clear up for our listeners, um, the difference between forgiveness and confession. Yes. So forgiveness, that that initial act of confession. Now, I love the Bible, and I wish I was smarter <laughs> and knew all the different words. This is for, a groundbreaking yes, statement. Yes, I know. It's, it's, I love I know, the Bible. I love the, the Bible. This news is good. Flash. It's, it's, it is. It's breaking news here. But I think, and I love the the words in the Bible that's it's written in, in different languages. And so if you look at confession, there's different types of confession, and there's different words and meanings for confession. Okay. And so the confession unto forgiveness is that mm -hmm. confession of faith and that confession mm -hmm. unto salvation. Jesus, you you are my Lord. You are my Savior. I want you to be the Savior of my life. And in that, the profound forgiveness, the profound um, movement into security as a child of God, confessing that he's God and I am not, and yeah. I want him to be the Lord of my life. That's the confession that is eternally life-changing. Mm -hmm. And the confession that um, is not tied to forgiveness. It's tied to relationship because nothing can separ separate us from the love of God. Not one thing, yeah. not, mm. not my behavior. Yeah. It cannot separate me from God. It can separate me from the joy of my salvation. It can mm. separate me from the closeness that I may feel for him. Right. But I am covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. And there is something about that that is, it still gives me goosebumps to say mm -hmm. that to this day. Mm -hmm. So when I'm confessing, it isn't about the forgiveness unto salvation. It's about participating with him. Because the mm -hmm. thing about grace is that when we're experiencing God's grace, it is that much more sweeter and richer when we understand the depth of our sin. So I'm not in that confession experiencing grace unto salvation. Right. I'm experiencing the daily grace that God has for me that, yes, my daughter, I see that you have done that. I know that you have done that. Thank you for connecting with me about that. But my forgiveness is not tied to that. Me experiencing or feeling forgiven, yeah. which is on my inside, not what God does for me, but right. how I'm participating with my salvation. Mm. That is the shift for me. So, mm. so confession and forgiveness, 
I think that they are married, but I don't think my forgiveness, my salvation is tied to my confession. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's good. I know it's really good. (laughs) I'm just like, no, I think no. That was just a very succinct way to to explain a topic that I think can be confusing to people. I think because again, there are different um, schools of faith that would say that you have to, you know, confess each sin in order to be forgiven. And if you don't, that's the idea behind last rites, right? right? right, Is that if you don't, then well, who knows what's going to happen if you died right now, like if you had unforgiven sin that you hadn't confessed. So I think having having that clarity between for, uh, confession for salvation and confession as a part of our daily relationship with God and what it means to acknowledge, hey, I, I, I know what you've called me to, and I know I messed up in this area. I want to work on this with you. And I, I love what I wanted to go back a minute before we move on to talking about confession with other people. Yep. Because I, I, I really liked what you talked about of the idea of sin that you know is not good, but you're also not quite ready to give that up. Right. And being able to bring that and talk about that with God, that's still a form of confession. Confession doesn't have to be like complete and total repentance. Right. It's also just, it's confessing, hey, I'm in the middle of this. Yeah. Yes. And yes. that's okay. Yes. Well, and I think so what can happen is one of the one of the things that I know personally, I'll use I me statements that I can shy away from is that I struggle with shame. Right. Mm-hmm. And and the the one thing that shame loves to do is hide. We mm-hmm. want to hide. So or, or or cloak it into looking something better. So I mm-hmm. hid in legalism. I hid mm-hmm. in legalism. Mm-hmm. So confession, you bet I confessed early on in my faith. I did that. I confessed everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I didn't confess unto relationship. I confessed because I didn't want to do it wrong. And I wasn't confessing the real issues at yeah. heart because right. behavior is always prompted, especially sinful behavior. It's motivated by a lie that we're believing. Absolutely. So the lie that I'm believing about this particular behavior is that this is going to satisfy me apart from God. Mm. Therefore, I seek satisfaction in in ways that might not be bad, but they're bad for me because right. I'm looking for something besides satisfaction from yeah. God. And so I think that knowing confession is about the the connecting with God, not hiding from him. And so that not hiding isn't just about my behavior, it's about my attitudes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's about my attitudes. Mm-hmm. I, I really want to do, I'm not doing this thing, Lord. I love you. I know you don't want me to do this thing, but I got to tell you, my heart, my desire is really to do this thing. Because yeah. it's, again, it's not, hey, tell your behavior, God will forgive you, then you move forward. Right, and then it's gone. (laughs) Then it's gone. But it's like, God, I want to be transformed. And I know that you have the power to transform me from the inside out. And Mm -hmm. I got to tell you, I have experienced God's power more through confession than almost anything else. Because Mm -hmm. when I am am bare before him, as as vulnerable as I feel, as sometimes um, convicted as I feel, mm-hmm. there's no condemnation in Christ. So conviction right. tells me, yeah, that behavior, that is not yeah. the behavior. But condemnation is what says you're not a good person. Right. right, right. So in that confession, I've seen God change me from the inside out so that to me it's a vibrant part of my faith it's not something I do because I'm supposed to. Yeah. Right. It's something you do because it draws you closer to yes. him. And I, I loved your connection between 
confession and that intimacy and attachment to God, because I don't think we typically think about it that way. Right. It's list out all the bad things I did. Yes. And it's like, no, no, no. No, this isn't get to a the time for the, you no. to feel bad about yourself. So no. that, cause really the lie behind that is I'm going to beat myself up because I need to earn my salvation. Right. That's the stem <laughs> of that lie. I need to confess because this is a behavior I need to do yes. to cement my salvation. Well, if it's cemented, if we have it, if we right. are, then we get to walk forward in that freedom. But our mm-hmm. behavior doesn't always catch up with no. the yeah. freedom that Jesus has won for us. Yeah. yeah. It's I that mean, idea of worth, right? Yes. Is I need to prove myself worthy, so I need to confess all these things wrong. Yes. That's what makes it worth it. And it's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Linda, so how about you? Because uh, the other part of it, as we, as we were talking about, as we read those verses at the beginning, Right. Is there's the element of confession with God in, in that part of that relationship. But there's also a lot of clear spots, uh, places where it talks about confessing to others. Yes. And that's, I think, where a lot of people go, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. And so kind of where I wanted to, to bring the conversation is, how do I know who I can or should confess to? You know, I mean, so it says confess to one another, but how many one another's <laughs> right. And especially if you have that, that caveat of, uh, so that you can be healed. It's like, yeah, well, I'll confess well, to yeah, everybody because yeah. I want to be healed. Yeah. And, please. um, I know that. So in celebrate recovery, you know, this is a part of working the Christ centered 12 steps. And sure. that is confess to God, to someone else and to someone you trust the exact nature of your wrongs. And that can feel really overwhelming. Um, and what I, what I have experienced in recovery, what I like to encourage those that I have the opportunity to journey with in recovery is that, you know, there's a difference between something that is secret and something that is private. So there are secret That's things important. where shame is tied to that secret thing. I'm not telling anyone mm-hmm. about that secret mm-hmm. thing, but there are private things, meaning that I can tell it to someone that I trust. And we'll talk about like, how do you figure out who to trust? Yeah, yeah. I can tell that to one or two people, but I don't have to tell it to everyone. Confession is not a billboard. Confession Mm. is a spiritual discipline, and it is used for the benefit of not only those who are confessing, but those who are receiving. Mm. So in Celebrate Recovery, we do something called a fearless and searching moral inventory, where you write down behaviors, where they come from, what our part is. And then our fifth step is when we share that with someone. And I always say someone will be like, oh, I'm hearing someone's fifth step. And, you know, I always say I'm receiving someone's fourth step because really I'm bearing witness to what God is doing in their life. Mm. The people that I have done my fifth steps with and the people that I have worked with closely when I'm struggling with um, an area where I know God's trying to refine me or something that has just got a strong hold of me is I look to someone who is in my life that I've invited into my life, mm-hmm. when I have confession with them, I'm really clear about what I'm needing and wanting from them. So mm-hmm. if I have a spiritual mentor or a sponsor, I usually will invite in, I'll say, you can speak into this confession. What, what would you think? Mm-hmm. If it's accountability partner, a peer, a friend, sometimes I'll just be like, can you just bear witness? I need to say this because th- I don't want it to be a secret. And so it's really the discernment of who can I trust? I usually, if I'm struggling with someone, they're not the person I'm confessing to. I must confess. I have a problem with you, right? That's that's not what we're talking about. And so being able to discern 
who is a trustworthy person. And that really is shown by our lives. We know who we trust. Mm -hmm. We know, I know within Celebrate Recovery, we have parameters around not just confession, but anything that's shared in group. There's anonymity and confidentiality. So even if you're a newbie, people hold people's stuff very, very closely. Mm -hmm. And that's important. Um, But I think for if, if we're looking for someone to confess to, I think we can also shift that language a little bit and say, I need to share this with someone because I'm only as sick as my secrets. Mm. That's really good. And what I'm, what I'm not hearing is that you have to confess to a priest. You are not hearing that. You are not, you don't have to confess. I don't have to confess to a pastor or a priest, or it doesn't have to be the person. Mm -hmm. It needs to be a person in my life who I'm trusting because again, our priest is Jesus Christ. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when we are confessing, we are confessing to a priest. It's just the high priest. Right. And it's through his blood that we can confess that. So when we're sharing with someone else, again, it's, it's trustworthy. It's Mm -hmm. who is God, um, giving me clarity that I need to share this with. So can you talk a little bit about the, about the why, or at least as much as we can maybe understand the why behind the call for us to share with one another or or to confess with one another rather than just rely on, I can confess it to God and that's good enough. Why does the Bible tell us, you know, as we saw from James, therefore, you know, confess your sins to each other. And what's the, What's the reasoning behind that, do you think? Well, God created us to be in community with one another. An authentic community is based in truth and based in trust. I think there's multiple reasons. I I think the first is, you know, in Jeremiah and the Living Bible, it says you can't heal a wound by saying it's not there. And I might, (laughs) I know it's there when I tell God and I know it's there when I'm looking at it, but there's something about being shoulder to shoulder with someone either in recovery or in a community of faith or as friends and saying, I have, I have a wound Mm -hmm. and I have hurt and I've hurt others. And so I think that it's, it's building that community through authentic relationship with one another, which God calls us to. And I believe that there's healing because every single time that God has given me the honor of receiving someone else's four steps, at the end, when they will look at me and say, what do you think? Mm-hmm. I'll say, you're not alone, mm-hmm. right? You're not alone. Cause most people say, I've never shared this with anyone yeah. and you can see them shaking and you can see them almost crying. And then to see even in open chairs where we're talking about what's going on in our life or in step studies, I've never shared this with anyone in my life. And then it's like the pressure, the air is being let out of the balloon because it's like, oh yeah, I get that. And people are like, no, I don't think you heard me. This is awful. And yeah. it's like, I 100% get that. <laughs> yeah. I 100% get that. And so I think it's, it's, it's one of God's tender mercies mm-hmm. for us to be able to share with one another, put our arms around one another and say, you're not alone. Our God can, can really get us through this. Or our God, isn't it great that we have the mercy and grace of God so that, yes, that happened, but we can move forward as new creations. Mm, so... I, I, you know, I think I, I imagine that people who are listening he can hear that and see that, okay, I can see the value in that. And yet there's still a lot of fear brought into it. It's still a lot of, 
you know, like, I don't know if I could bring myself to do, I see the value, but I still don't know if it's a greater value than, you know, my fear of sharing. So can we talk a little bit about why it's so difficult to confess? Why is it, you know, about, about the sin part, the secret parts of our lives that we just have such a hard time being able to, as you said, uh, you know, to share or to well, yeah. Well, I think too, that's one of the the lies that we believe is that there it's twofold. One is, um, I, I don't want to share it because then I'm accountable for it. And if mm. I'm accountable mm. for it, I, I don't want people to know my business. Mm. Mm. And, and I think that's true. And part of that is the control part of the lie, right? Because then we're God. Mm-hmm. I'm mm. deciding that, that, yeah, there's benefit, but I don't need that benefit. Even yeah. though God clearly tells me in his word that that I will benefit from, that's how he designed us. Yeah, And I think too, um, there is a fear that someone is going to take that information and use it against us. Yeah. That's what vulnerability is. Yeah. Mm. That's where we can, you know, maybe we've had experiences where we have shared something and it, that was very tender and very private and it was either told to someone else or it was used against us. Mm-hmm. And I think that for me, I've had to to learn that, you know, God is calling me to this obedience. And in the best wisdom I had and discernment I had at the time, I shared that with that person. Yeah. What they did with it hurt me deeply. Mm-hmm. But I believe in God's obedience. I believe in being obedient to God and his blessing, God's mm-hmm. obedience blessing for my obedience. And so I think the hesitation, there's a lot of different reasons why we hesitate. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that that's natural and that's normal. This isn't God's growing us. This isn't like, Oh, okay. I'm going to tell you all my stuff. We're going to hold hands. We're going to sing Kumbaya. Everything's going to be great. (laughs) It's painful. But I will say that most people who fight against this in recovery, I'll speak specifically to recovery when they'll fight against the confession part those are the people that I have seen relapse or go back Mm. to old behavior. Mm. Those are the people that I have seen not really catch that recovery is really just about sanctification and, and living a life that is abundant and thriving. And so there is something in us. And I would say there's our sin that fights against it. And I also think that there's some lies of the enemies of our soul who's saying, sure, don't say anything, don't say anything. You better hide. You better, you told God, you're fine. You're fine. You don't have to go the whole way. You told God. But if you notice that healing part is tied to sharing it with someone Mm -hmm. else, confess your sin Mm -hmm. so that you may be healed. And um, it's a very important part of the process. Well, I think such a large part of it goes back to what you were talking about with the discernment of who Mm -hmm. you are trusting to share this Mm -hmm. with. Because I think... I think for so many people, one of the one of the most, uh, or I should say, the strongest points of difficulty comes from that 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 place of shame, and that feeling or that fear that that this person's now going to think of me differently. Yes, it's going to judge me. Yes, and they're going to even if they say the right words, mm-hmm. <laughs> even if they say, "Oh no, I get like you, you're not alone in this." Still, there's that deep down fear of. But every time now they look at me, they're mm. all they are thinking about is what I shared. Right, right. Well, that's what vulnerability is, right? Yeah. It is opening ourselves up to potential pain. Yeah. And, um, you know, shame will tell us not to. Mm-hmm. 
And shame is the number one attacker of our identity because we don't want rejection. We don't want rejection. And guess what? Sometimes people don't think of you the same. Yeah. Right. Sometimes I've shared things and people are like, oh, wow. Okay. Okay, I remember that. And you just see it in their you face. Can, yeah, You're like, oh, well, there. So done. At, at, our, at my old church, the first time, my previous church, the first time I gave my testimony, a celebrate recovery testimony, where you talk about who you were, what happened. And, you know, I'd been in ministry for 25 years when mm-hmm. I started Celebrate Recovery. And mm-hmm. um, I had a lot of childhood pain and a lot of wounds and also some, some really messed up ways of thinking that manifested in behaviors that were just not good and dysfunctional. And, it's a lot to share your story. You always kind of feel like, um, I don't know if I can say this on the pack, but like you, you, you just stood up in front of like in your bathing suit in front of the yeah. whole church. That's yeah. what it feels like. So yeah. it's not a great feeling all the time right afterwards. But I had this woman who I'd been dear friends with and she came up to me after the first time she heard my testimony. We'd been in Bible studies together and I taught with her before and she's like, Oh, Megan. Wow. I had oh. no idea. And oh, that's it was like dripping everything. With, oh. It was like, oh my gosh, this is my worst <laughs> fear come true. Oh and then God. there was a moment where I just was, I, I, I went red and I wanted to cry yeah, and yeah. I just felt covered in shame. And I felt so, so strongly the presence of God pull my shoulders back mm. because my pain has given me my purpose mm. and I will not run away from who I was, because if I run away from who I was, then God's grace in who I am now, it's not as brilliant. Yeah. Mm. I want people to see his brilliance and I can't do that by changing my story or by sanitizing it yeah. and making it prettier for people. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I mean, I think we've kind of hit on it, but clearly confession is a really essential part of both healing, but also growth. And I just talk a little bit about the connection between confessing and getting through that piece and how that helps us grow in our faith. Well, I think the, I know just, just from like, if I keep confessing the same thing over and over and over again, I get pretty sick of myself. Yeah. Like I get pretty sick of myself. I'm like, okay, I'm back, Lord. Lord. I just, you know what, maybe I'm not even transformed, but I need to stop doing this. Cause I can't keep telling you that I'm doing this. And so there is a transformation. And I think it also, there's revelation in the confession aspect because it does, it gets below the what we're doing to the why we're doing yeah. it. The more that the more that we confess and actively engage in that really connection. That's what confession is. It's connection. It's connection to God and also connection to my sure. behavior and sure. agreeing with him that my behavior is not not what what a daughter of the king should right. be engaging with. And so the growth there happens because in inviting him into every space, including mm-hmm. the dark space, he actually, he's the light of the world. So he's going to shine real bright yeah. in those dark spaces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, they're yeah. not going to remain dark for very long because wherever he dwells, there is light mm-hmm. and there is hope and there is freedom. And so the growth part of that, there are a lot of aha moments in mm-hmm. the confession for yeah. me because there will be times where I've struggled with something. I, I just went through a process where I'd been struggling with something really for decades. Mm-hmm. And while not acting out in behavior, a desire, a compulsion that was really real. And I had confessed it throughout my life, but it was one of those things where I really wrote down um, in a four-step process that I did in my previous step study. And there was such an aha moment Mm -hmm. 
that it was it was like, oh Lord, I'm confessing this, but really it's this. It's mm. this thing that happened to me, this wound that birthed this lie. Yeah. And in that, I mean, I literally have been free from that since that final confession. Wow. And that I, I just want to shout that from the mountaintops. Sure. That is the beauty of confession. Again, spiritual disciplines, we hear the word discipline. So we're yeah. like, ooh, ooh, hard. You know, and I'm not disciplined <laughs> and I don't even want to work out. And right, I can't right. do this and I can't do that. <laughs> we're really, it's just pursuing those daily rhythms that draw mm-hmm. for me, draw me closer to my Savior so that I can just experience his love and his pleasure and also his conviction. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned earlier that your greatest ministry came out of your greatest pain, but without the step of confessing it and walking through it, you probably wouldn't be doing the ministry you do today if you were still hiding behind that sin. You know, you could be doing all the spiritual habits, you could be working, you could be doing a lot of things. Absolutely. But the ministry that you have and the way that you're able to connect with people walking through pain is because you've dealt with your own. Absolutely. And I think too, it would have been, I could have had be living the, a very similar life in, in vocational ministry, all mm -hmm. of those things. What I love to say is that I'm different from the inside out. So I might be doing all the things that I was doing before I was confessing, but how I'm feeling about them. So Mm -hmm. serving out of overflow and not out of need, because in confessing that I was really serving so that people would be good and just do what I wanted them to do, and then everything would be okay. So their pain wouldn't affect me, right? Mm. That's a terrible reason to serve others. That's yeah, a terrible, yeah. that's like, that's awful because it's really saying, I'll be your savior because you're making me uncomfortable. Mm. Whereas now I can serve people in their pain, in the messiness without always linear resolution. Right. And um, be okay with that because I'm not there to fix it anyway. I'm pointing to the savior who fixes it and who, and who moves towards them in that pain. I think that's, I think that's a great point for people to remember is that if you look at the kind of the end product of it is a life lived in joy because you're able to, to live in that freedom of knowing and being assured of, of, of God's love for you, yes. even in spite of your messiness and brokenness. Yes. And you're able to, to have a deeper relationship with him in that you're able to talk through all these things yes. and, and not, not live in a place of shame or a place of, of fear or discomfort right. or whatever, but instead just allowing and saying, God, uh, I need you to keep molding me here. Right, yeah. right. And there's joy in that. There's not always happiness in it because right. sometimes it's hard. That is 100% correct. <laughs> <laughs> yes, affirm. Well, and I also think it's not transactional. When I stopped yeah. looking at confession as something that's transactional or performative mm-hmm. and looking at it as this is relational. Yeah, I say yeah. this, I get yes. this. Yeah. This right. plus this equals, okay, and then I'm good before you, Lord, I'm going to go about my day. <laughs> so that is very, you know, that's transactional. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm not saying that there aren't days where maybe it is a little performative because I've that's what a discipline is, is yeah. we right. do it whether we feel like it or not. <laughs> but, the, but the fruit of that, the abundance mm-hmm. of that comes from pursuing the relationship right. in confession, not just with God, but also to be known by someone, another Huge. human living being, to be known and loved. Mm-hmm. Those are our deepest, mm-hmm. those are our deepest needs. Now they are only 
100% fulfilled in Jesus. That, right. That's the only place. But we can experience a glimpse of that in our relationships with Absolutely. one another. We've mentioned a, a few, a bunch of times on this episode talking about CR or Celebrate Recovery and step studies and in the, in the fourth step. For people who may be listening and don't know what CR, what, what we're talking about yes. with all this stuff, would you give a, a an introduction to Celebrate Recovery and kind of how it ties in really well with this conversation? Yes. Yeah, so Celebrate Recovery, in this ministry, we use the term hurts, hangups, and habits. And mm-hmm. so every you can't live on this earth 10 minutes without experiencing some sort of hurt. Right. Right. Yeah. We, we Life hurts. And mm-hmm. if we don't authentically work through them, we can very much get hung up. And if we don't take those hangups to Jesus, captive to Jesus, we, that leads to destructive habits. That can manifest. Many people hear recovery and they think drugs and alcohol. Well, right. I don't drink and I don't smoke, so I'm fine. Um, but what it also can be is habitual patterns of thought. Uh, mm-hmm. What brought me to celebrate recovery was a struggle with bitterness and resentment and legalism. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's, mm-hmm. I wasn't doing anything wrong, right. but my mind was a terrible neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, it can look at you know, anything that we're doing that's apart from God, that's keeping us from God, that we feel like is making our lives unmanageable. That's the terminology we yeah. use. We have a process with which we can unpack some really specific either lies we're believing, behaviors that we're engaging in. And we unpack those through what we call the 12 steps, which many people are familiar with, Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous. Those 12 steps actually began um, in a church mm-hmm. And so we take them captive always to to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it is a way, confession is a huge part of that because even to come into those doors, and we always say this, we meet here at Lake Forest on Friday nights, Celebrate Recovery is in 37,000 churches. So if someone's just listening to this podcast. Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes, the link to celebraterecovery.com and you can find a church near you. you can find one near you. But we always say on Friday nights, nobody usually comes on the best day of their life, Yeah, right? (laughs) There's something that either is making their life unmanageable that has been found out about them Mm. or that they can't live with anymore. Yeah. And so one of the things that we do is is we admit what we struggle with. Mm. And admitting what we're struggling with, it can take away some of the power. Yeah. 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 Well, it, it sounds like when we were deciding to do an episode on confession, uh, God led us to exactly the right person to talk with about it. <laughs> I hope so. I told you. I was like, this I'm really is, nervous. I feel like this is... We've no, I really think this smart was people very, here Did you have something you wanted to say? I just... I didn't want to get away without talking about the difference between um, identity and the things we struggle with. Sure. Oh, yeah. Well, that actually brings me to the Celebrate Recovery. One of the things that that differentiates us from secular recovery, because I was in secular recovery, is when I would go to a 12-step meeting, I say, my name's Megan. I'm an alcoholic. Mm. That's so That's, I am an alcoholic, am. right? It's my so, identity. And it's very interesting because Dr. Dan Allender, who is amazing, and he uses this term, he says, I am a is the syntax of shame. Mm. because that is saying that's who I am. Whereas in Celebrate Recovery, we identify first and foremost as who we are. So many people will say, I am a grateful believer Mm -hmm. and I struggle with, or I'm in recovery for, I'm a child of God. And because we're not a bunch of Stepford people in a cult, sometimes people (laughs) will say like, I'm a struggling child of God. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I, so if I, if we were at Celebrate Recovery, we were starting me, I'd say, I am a grateful believer. I am in recovery for codependency, perfectionism, and compulsive behaviors. My name is Megan. Mm. So the difference between what I struggle with 
my sin and my identity, those are hugely important. They are so important because if I keep saying, and Pastor Andy talked about this mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, right? We say, I'm not a smoker. When you identify as I'm not a smoker in the um, in the research mm-hmm. thing that yeah. he did, or no, I'm not going to smoke, right? But I am not a. Right. And, and so that's for me. You know what? I am not an alcoholic. I am a grateful believer and I had, for me, my struggle with alcohol was 33 years ago, but mm-hmm. I struggle currently with codependency, which is an addiction to people and what they think of me. Mm-hmm. So identity, because when I'm confessing, I am not my sin. Yeah. I am not my sin. Yeah. I just, I didn't want to, that's such an important thing. And I think that that's part of why people struggle to confess because they feel like if they say it out loud, now everybody knows what they perceive to be the horrible person that they are. Right. Because they've tied what they struggle with to who they are. Right. And I just think that, I think that's a core fear for most people. Yes. Is that when I say it out loud now, that is really who I am because now you know. (laughs) Right. If I say this, I am this. And really that is not what the gospel would say. No. The gospel (laughs) would say, confess your sins and he is faithful and just, right? And he will forgive us our sins. And when we confess, I think there is no greater healing than having our deepest, darkest truths laid before the king of the world who already knows them and to still experience his presence. That's great. Well, I really hope people didn't uh, race to turn off the podcast when it sounded like I was wrapping up before. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was was me going, no, not yet. (laughs) We have more. (laughs) Hopefully they saw, wait, how come there's still five more minutes? Wait a second, yeah. Uh, Megan, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time. Thank you for how you just love on and care for people and, 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 you know, make space for people to ask these kind of tough questions and, and, and approach it from a place of, yeah, I know, I get it, (laughs) but I'm here to walk with you through it. And let me tell you the other side. There's good stuff. <laughs> yes. Well, I appreciate being asked to be on here. You know, there's mm-hmm. nothing for me. We always say there's nothing more beautiful than a captive set free. Yeah. And I feel like that freedom needs to be shared. So anytime I get, I can share about what God has done in and through me, it is a blessing. So thank you. It's great. Well, friends, we hope that you, uh, learned a lot. We hope that you kind of, you know, are going to start a, a, a more regular practice of confession finding the people in your life who you can trust and you want and you can have these types of conversations with and and going back to what you said of 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 making sure to make it a known whether it's a I'm I'm offering you to speak into this or I'm just wanting you to receive yes and and enjoy this part of your relationship with God if it's not a part that you've enjoyed before it's really it's a converse it's something that you can really get into with him and anytime that you can get into something with God it's always for the better (laughs) right Um, so friends we love you we'll be back with you again uh, next week if you enjoyed this episode consider giving us a rating or review on iTunes if you do you'll help other people find us in the future you can also listen to these episodes on YouTube just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. 
And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes. And go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question might just inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Jason Whelan, and I hope you'll join us again next week.